Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we're blessed to have a first-time guest and partner we are glad to work alongside, Christopher Arps. He's well-known as afternoon drive host of St. Louis News Talk 101.9 and heads up a group trying to make sure only legal citizens vote in America. And those are just a few of his ventures. Well, hey, Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Doug, thank you for having me. This is a real honor. Awesome. So uh, give our viewers, uh, you know, in a nutshell of uh, how you got to where you are. You're a really busy guy. You got a lot going on. It's always interesting to hear how things started to kind of build up to where you are today. You know, I started like a lot of us did in politics at the grassroots level. Uh, I volunteered on a good friend state rep campaign and he ended up winning that. Um, he had ties to uh, one of our senators who was running for election at that time. Uh, I got a chance to uh, work for a United States senator. Um, later, a presidential campaign, some, some uh, local races. And after that, you know, I started my own consulting uh, practice. And somehow it ended up with me having a radio show uh, in, news, in, uh, in St. Louis on News Talk STL 101-941, which I co-host from 3.30 to 6 um, with the former Missouri Speaker of the House, Tim Jones. Yeah, so let's go right to that. So a great show. And, you know, you're right there in middle America. And uh, there's like a lot of things going on mm -hmm. right now. We got immigration. We got COVID. We got inflation. We got critical race theory. Take your pick. So I would just be interested, you know, what do you what do you think your listeners are most uh, fixated on these days? Well, I'll tell you one thing that's a real hot issue in Missouri and really all across the country is the redistricting concerning congressional maps. Um, right now, Missouri has a 6-2 uh, Republican majority in Congress, but there is a push among the conservative caucus in the state Senate to carve out a 7-1 map which would eliminate the Democratic seat in Kansas City, Emmanuel Cleaver. So there's a big kind of in-house fighting among Republicans to uh, get that map together. And so that's one thing our listeners are talking about. Another thing which is happening in major cities all across the country is crime. Um, St. Louis, unfortunately, is always number one or number two when it comes to crime and murder statistics. Um, we have a George Soros-funded prosecutor, Kim Gardner, who uh, thinks that her job is not to put criminals in jail, but to instead be a social worker. And I think the third thing is people are worried about the direction of their country. And the president, Joe Biden, they're worried about his, his mental health, his physical health. And is he up to the job of leading the nation? Yeah, a lot to be worried about there. And that's one of those things I just... You know, every time I see him uh, give a speech or and, you know, the media is not covering it. So you got to go different places where, you know, we know where to go and, and yeah. watch the real clips of it. And uh, I think, too, from our standpoint is, you know, we need to we need to project uh, strength as a country. And uh, know it's good for our national security, good for our economy, all these things. And I just get most upset because what's happening now is that the rest of the world is looking at us and seeing a lot of weakness there, and I think it bleeds over into everything else. I think uh, President Putin's actions in Ukraine and having uh, military exercises in Belarus is a direct result of our hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan and leaving citizens and people that helped us over there. I think that has emboldened Putin. I think it has emboldened uh, the uh, North Korean leader. He's shooting missiles now into uh, towards Japan again. And I think also it's emboldening our enemies in the Middle East, like uh, Iran, 
who are the major state uh, sponsors of terrorism in the world. So we need leadership. And I'm hoping that uh, 2022 will be the beginning of that when we see a Republican take over of Congress. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Afghanistan thing, I think, for me, of the whole year, that was the most troubling to watch. And uh, just being a former Army guy myself yeah. and knowing people that, you know, served over there. I didn't. I haven't been in for a while. But, you know, they served over there and, and all the sacrifice and then to just end it that way. I mean, Biden's just got a, a, an incredibly horrible track record of just terrible decisions. He's just a bad decision maker and a bad leader. And now he's got, meta, uh, you know, health issues. Uh, it's just terrible. And uh, side note, too, I saw last night my my uh, classmate from uh, West Point, Chris Donahue, he's the he's the uh, he's the division commander over the 82nd mm -hmm. Airborne. He was the last guy to get on the plane out of oh, Afghanistan, yeah. which, you know, which, you know, for me personally, kind of salvaged it a little bit. I'm like, well, that's yeah. that's good. You know, Chris is leading the way. But gosh, what a terrible, terrible situation. So anyways, I yeah, I'm with you. I'm just looking for a better day. And I think it's on the way, you know. Everything's always well, changing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's almost like a parlor game now to watch the polls just to see just how low can uh, Joe Biden go. Right. You know, I heard this morning on our network radio news that the Real Clear Politics composite poll has him at like 39 percent. So when five or six polls have you that low, and especially, you know, right entering the second year of your presidency, um, that's pretty bad. Yeah, absolutely. And how many loyal Democrats are out there thinking they're going to vote for somebody else and they won't tell a pollster that. So I yeah. don't know. It's just, yeah, it's crazy time. So, so you're a, you're a prominent uh, African-American public figure. You know, we've got this moment where Trump was kind of like making a lot of headway uh, in that community. And so, you know, what do you think is happening there? Um, is there, a, is there a break going on from your perspective of, of what you've seen over the years? I certainly hope there is, but I want to definitely, you know, get your take on it. I think Donald Trump was a big part of the break that we're seeing from African-Americans of the Democratic Party. Um, President Trump got 20 percent of the African-American male, African male vote, which is incredible. He doubled his percentage of the African-American female vote, I think, from uh, three to six percent, seven percent, something like that. I think where you really see a lot of gains, and I would love to see my African-American brothers and sisters um, catch up with these gains, are in the Hispanic community. Um, we've seen polls recently showing that more Hispanics um, associate themselves with the Republican Party than they do the Democratic Party right now. And we saw during this uh, 2020 election where a lot of uh, Hispanics in the counties that border Mexico uh, voted Republican. So I think Donald Trump was a, a good influence when it comes to um, African-Americans and other minorities um, taking a different look at the Republican Party. I think uh, when he said during the campaign, what the hell have you got to lose? I think a lot of African-Americans yeah. uh, said, yeah, well, what right. have we got to lose? That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good message because uh, they got to make a, a different choice at some point. And I've got uh, 20 years now living in mm -hmm. a, a Chicago suburb. So. You know, you see all kinds of stuff when it comes to elections when you live outside of Chicago and what goes on in the city. And I get have you actually seen a dead person vote? <laughs> right, <laughs> they're out there every every election. They're out there. Uh, you know, I, I guess election I get, zombies. Yeah, right. Exactly. I get most disappointed too. Just you know, from you know, from a Christian standpoint too. There's there's not all, but there's a lot of uh, pastors in the African American community in the city that will basically you know, take favors in or however they're going to do that from the Democrat Party and then endorse them 
even though they know in their mind and their heart it's not the right thing to do. There's better choices. I mean, the schools are a mess, the crime, everything else, but it's kind of this, just this machine that keeps moving. And I just, I do get a little disappointed with, like I said, obviously not all by any stretch, but there's a number of, uh, of African-American pastors in, in Chicago that are kind of like a little bit, in my opinion, on the take. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the African-American church has become an auxiliary of the Democratic Party. Uh, we really see that highlighted, uh, you know, a month or so before the elections when the Democratic politicians are in the churches at the pulpits, basically giving campaign speeches right. uh, from the pulpit. And we don't ever see any action from the IRS to take away any designations or anything, you know, like that. So. I think a, a lot of people know that, and I think that there are a new breed of uh, African-American pastors that are more traditional and adhere to conservative values. I think you're going to be hearing more of them in the coming uh, months and years. Yeah, I certainly hope so, and I agree with that, and, I, and that's, a, that's a great sign, and, and we need to get there. So, All right, so let's move on to this organization you're president of, Americans for Citizen Voting. So I think a lot of our viewers may or may not be surprised that uh, yeah. non-citizens non vote. So uh, why don't you talk about that organization and what you're up to there? Well, I'll tell you, we started this organization in 2018. A friend of mine, good friend of mine, uh, Paul Jacob, uh, said, hey, did you know that there are non-citizens voting uh, in our country? And like 98% of Americans, 98% of Americans, I was like, you're crazy. You know, there's a there's a constitution. There's no way that uh, non-citizens are voting in our elections. And uh, he showed me some examples of it from California to Maine and, and New Hampshire, where some of these municipalities were allowing non-citizens with green cards. They're here legally, but they are not citizens of our country yet. They're allowing them to vote in school board and municipal elections. And me, like many Americans out there, think that it's wrong. Um, we've done polling on this issue, and it's across the board, Republican, Democrat, moderate, conservative, black, Hispanic, whatever. It's overwhelmingly against non-citizens voting in, in elections. And so we are a grassroots advocacy organization. We work in a number of states currently, uh, trying to work with state legislators and grassroots activists to amend their state constitution from saying um, not that only only United States citizens can vote instead of every citizen can vote. And what's happening is a lot of people that want this to happen are using that every citizen can vote as a loophole because it's not telling you who can't vote. So we would like to help uh, amend a lot of all our state constitutions, really, to say only United, United States citizens can vote in our elections. Wait, so you're telling me the Democrats are using a loophole to gain an advantage in an election? <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, it's so difficult. Yeah, when I first heard and this. It's not, and, and you know what, and I, and I hate to interrupt you, but I mean, <laughs> it's not really a loophole. I mean, you know, you can, when it says every citizen can vote, sure, most sure. people with the IQ of a room temperature uh, and with a little bit of common sense knows that that probably pertains to American citizens and, and no one else. And the fact that we have to amend the Constitution to say, says that, says a lot about the Democrats and how they really don't respect um, Americans' uh, common sense and their constitutional right to have only Americans voting in their elections. Yeah, absolutely. It's that spirit of the law. I mean, everybody knows what that meant, but yeah, you're right. They just use it to their advantage. So 
So, you know, we see more and more of that. And, you know, you and I are involved in a lot of election integrity stuff mm -hmm. and people are upset and still that's still going on. And so and we've got all these issues now. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we sure. certainly know as as conservatives, as Republicans, we can we can definitely, you know, squander a victory on the way. But um, let's just, you know, say that in 23, we got the House and the Senate again. Uh, you know, what do you what do you what are you thinking? What do you what are you looking for most from a from a majority like that? I mean, we're not going to have the presidency, obviously, but what, what are we going to what do you want to see done at that point? Well, I, the first thing that I would like to see on day one is the shoveling of the January 6th committees and all their related committees, put them in the closet where they need to be. And let's uh, get along with conducting the businesses of America. Second, I'd like to see our nation become a exporter of energy again, like we were under Donald Trump, instead of going to OPEC, uh, cup in hand, asking them to please uh, pump out more oil so we can have lower gas prices. And I just would like to see, because we don't have much leadership in the presidency right now, and if we were able to take over the Senate and the House, uh, that's two out of the three branches of government. Um, maybe we can get some things done. You know, the president still has to sign that legislation. But if that legislation is popular with the American people and this is uh, and we're pushing this, then that may put pressure on them to sign legislation. They may not have uh, done with uh, his having his own majority. Yeah, that's right. And so it's a it's a it's a great thought to be able to get there. But you know how it how it always is, Chris. I mean, these guys will get there and they'll talk a good game. And one thing what I always say around here, too, is like, so if we have a candidate now who's been a politician and they're saying all these things that they're going to do, you know, what have they done previously to lead you to believe that they're actually going to execute on that thing when they get in? So. You know, with that being said, and we all know this happens, what, what do you see going forward? We, we take over, you know, how do we hold feet to the fire as conservatives, grassroots? What, what do we need to do right away to make sure they do everything they said they're going to do? Well, I think one, once whoever is elected, we, we tell them we're going to hold you to your promises. Um, we're going to hold your feet to the fire. And if you don't uh, come through or we don't see you making significant strides and efforts to pass what to pass an agenda that we support, then you're going to be booted out. I mean, we've seen that in, in a sense here, these last few election cycles that have been kind of middle of the road that have switched uh, between Democrat and Republican and that are up for grabs currently. I, I think you're going to see that spread more around the country that if you're not doing what we want, we're, we're going to vote you out. And, yeah. and I hope I hope that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We're all seeing starting to see replays now of versions of, you know, January uh, 2017, when we're like, all right, we got everything. Let's make this happen. It's like, well, maybe yeah. Trump's a Russian spy. You know, yeah, exactly. everybody started getting weak kneed and everything. I'm like, oh, my God, let's do it. You know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. So but uh, exactly. yeah, well, we'll. We'll definitely have you back on and we'll talk about how things are going and what you're doing and, uh, and and we'll we'll all collectively hold their feet to the fire. Sound good? It sounds excellent and uh, can't wait to have you on uh, our show real soon. Yeah, very good. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Thank you. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. 
Subscribe by texting FIRST RIGHT to 30161. That's FIRST RIGHT, all caps, one word, to 30161.